Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Dream Master. Oh. My name is Snake Man Aaron. <laughs> uh, Aaron, this is going to be the first time I'm ever going to have to bleep out the opening. <laughs> Congratulations. You're welcome. The movie this week is Dreamscape from 1984, directed by Joseph Rubin, written by David Lowry, Chuck Russell, and Joseph Rubin, who was also the director. Oh my gosh! The duality. Starring Dennis Quaid, Max von Sydow, Christopher Plummer, Eddie Albert, Kate Capshaw, David Patrick Kelly, and everyone's favorite actor, George Went, as himself. This movie's got a pretty fun cast. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, I you know, I don't want to. I'm just gonna take this in a in a weird direction. Just, just to oh, it, guys, I got I gotta right. get something off my chest here. Okay, okay. We don't need another old man, a white guy in the in the White House dreamscape. Okay, you hear what I'm saying? Okay, okay. Well, I mean, I mean, what year did this movie come out, Joel? Eighty four. Okay, sweet. So we, we had an old white man in the 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 the, the presidency. That's event. the point. <laughs> Just saying, you know. Yes, yes. I he know. can't really hold it that much against. No, him. no. That's a. He didn't look like Reagan though. That would have been Reagan, right? Eighty-four. Yeah, it would have been Reagan. Yeah. His hair looked really white. Maybe I'm just used to guys that have that white of hair, like cutting it shorter or something. Mm. It the, was a bit longer. It didn't feel very presidential sometimes. There was some cool style in this movie. Yeah. There was like style choices. That were cool with like the art in the background. I'm not talking about like the visuals and some intense parts, but like the actual art, art. hanging on the walls. There was some interesting abstract stuff yeah. going on. Yeah, I dug that. Me and too. Yeah, there yeah. was some cool choices. the The one that I thought was really cool with the earth tones was that more of like a like a quilt mural or was it paint? It looked like you know. I, didn't, I obviously me. couldn't step into the movie to touch the textures, of, right? Uh, to ensure what you what, could if you were psychic. It looks like well, a tapestry or something. I really liked or it like a lot, a though. Collage. Yeah, really cool looking. Yeah, it was. It looked like it looked like poured paint, but instead of that, they had like cut out pieces that looked like something was pouring down. And it was really cool looking. I liked it a lot. And I really, really liked the the marble statue. Oh, wait, sorry. That was just uh, Dennis Quaid in those white, tight white pants. Uh, sorry. No, it's like, it was like the ass of Apollo, I assume. <laughs> no, I'm not familiar with the Greek. I mean, Joel so couldn't just... stop talking about those buns. Listen, there was a, there was, you heard that saxophone. That yeah. saxophone started playing and the... And that, those hot cross buns just came out. This movie makes it not makes you, you fall in love with him like right away. He's playing that saxophone in his bedroom by himself. He's so young. Look at yeah, that, that Dennis Quaid baby. Like he he plays. He's been playing dad since the nineties. Yeah, feel, like at least. And this he's he's just baby faced Dennis Quaid with his his. Uh, is coiffed hair or whatever. I don't even know what that is. And like, he, does he put product in it? Tell me now. I think it was like a long, <laughs> a long hair do that was like maybe curled or dried in a certain way to look like styled like that. I don't know, but I would call it like a hair helmet. It wasn't that long after. It was just like a year before <laughs> Enemy Mine. Oh, okay. And wow. like enemy mine, I feel like he looks totally different. In. Way different. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he look like a lizard in enemy mine? No, no, Joel. Oh, 
No, Joel. I wouldn't know. I haven't seen the movie. Well, we're gonna f- we're gonna, we'll change that. Run a science fiction yeah, and fantasy podcast. It's a favor. Since mine. when? Since uh, you fell asleep and we psychically connected to your your dream. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, yeah, this movie Dreamscape is about uh, um, the president Eddie Albert. Um, really has some some crazy ass dreams where everyone dies in a nuclear holocaust. And uh, so Christopher Plummer, who is a very helpful man in this movie, is like, don't worry, Mr. President, we'll save you. And Dennis Quaid's like, forget you guys, and he rides off on a skateboard. Eat my shorts. Yeah. It didn't go down like that. Oh, what happened? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it's about a guy who has psychic abilities... It actually really reminded me of The Fury, which Joel and I watched recently just because, and I feel like that one would have been a good one, too, for the podcast, but... Oh, it'll happen. There are things, yeah, that reminded me of it, but in this movie, he's getting recruited by a government group that is studying the ability to, like, go inside someone else's dream and try to help them or figure out secrets or whatever. And, yeah, that's basically the premise. I mean, that's a very specific, like, in order for this whole thing to have happened, they had to, A, establish that psychics or telekinetics or whatever already existed. Are you going cross-eyed because of your microphone? No, we're good. Okay. Because I, I just saw you staring at Oh, it no, like I, it was, I, I just took my glasses like off. A, a snake monster about to attack you. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Not the microphone, no! So psychics already exist. Yes. And they already know this because they've got video footage of Dennis Quaid moving a thing with his mind. And the other thing is they had to, like, figure out that there was a way to go into people's dreams. I guess that would have happened through, like mind control or mind manipulation or something like that except the for Vulcan mind meld oh yeah they think that yeah. you, need a machine. <laughs> you know in the beginning of this movie you have to have the machine so did they somebody invent the machine and say this might work the the line yeah no i totally get that like there's like a lot of technology going on but it was after like dennis quaid had already like been established that he was going to join their team when they were doing that card thing the line that the, the, the I, I forget the actress's name, Kate Capshaw. Yeah, she she tells him that in order for them to make a connection with the dreamer, they need to be in a perfect meditative state. Mm. And so I think the technology is is just there to like keep track of what's going on. Uh, it's not necessarily like the thing that's sending them into their dreams. It's it is uh, fully the psychic powers of of our of our our stars. I see. And the dreams of a of a young boy are are terrifying enough that they've killed at least one person. Yeah, one psychic. Yeah. Mm. I don't think I want to do this project. I'm I'm with Dennis Quaid. I'm I want to get the hell out of there. Well, I mean, the life of just going to the racetrack and knowing which horse is going to win. So is he? How does that work? <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe he's just using his power to make one horse go faster. Maybe, oh, he's pushing the horse. I think he's pushing horses go, go slower. slower. Yeah, no, I I think that's what's going on. <laughs> he's like making the manipulating the horse's mind to yeah. be distracted or something like. Well, that. Well, I mean, he he. We've already seen that he has some type of uh, telekinesis, right? Like he can move objects, right? That's, that's true. That, that that that's that's what that photo of him with the ball, right? Right. Yeah. So he has some limited tele, which. Doesn't really come into play, other than in the the, the photography in yeah, this movie. Yeah, I think he would have done some other yeah. things at some point. Some Darth Vader, you know, neck choking or something. Yeah. <laughs> must be not. Must be not the the most powerful ability he has. It's like he's not confident with his abilities, but he knows how to use it for certain games. Subtle I, I guess. manipulation of people. Yeah, because there's like. They're talking about like what a womanizer he was and that he just like subtly influenced women and then like, yeah, just like slept with them and then didn't call them back type thing. And he was able to psychically learn how to play the saxophone like a pro, I assume. that the, I mean, years, years of practice, we didn't really get into the backstory, I think. Oh, maybe there's some sort of like 
tele telekinesis tele tele instrumental ability where you can you can touch the thing and like all of a sudden oh you know how to use it yeah it's like chew you know they yeah. all have weird different powers <laughs> yeah chew's a great comic book mm-hmm. listeners if you haven't read that one yet <laughs> image comics chew it's over isn't it uh it is completed but the artist rob guillory has has gone on to do another series uh, called cool. farmhand Ooh, it's also about psychics uh that one's about plants oh okay it's pretty good. Same gross out. Pretty awesome story. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how they developed <laughs> this uh, this center that they have for the dreams and the participants. And Dennis Quaid's character just drops in on them unannounced because he wants to see for real if what's going to happen or what's possible. He doesn't think they're being fully forthcoming with him about the situation, right? Yeah. I mean, well, the, when they pull him off the track, they practically kidnap him. Or that's not even at the track, right? That's like outside well, his apartment. I mean, Dennis Quaid is just being uh, apprehended by men left and right in this movie. They just right. Men just can't keep their their hands off no, of him you know you saw uh, which, those sick buns you know i was gonna say you know uh but but <laughs> even george went went up to him in a bar was like hey buddy gotta say i was a little confused at first uh as to what group of men wanted him uh when but there's definitely at least two different groups of men there's the the organized mafia of the the horse racing world that want to get their hands on him right then there's the the g-men the the men in black uh loosely related to some college right no or is it was it government specific or no no i think that there were uh, i think that the first two goofballs the twin peaks guy and and the other guy who looked like a twin peaks guy but was not actually yeah it looked like jocks a little bit to me i think they they were uh some college toughs that okay (laughs) uh, max von saito hired or something like that okay but after that it's all yeah it's all g-men okay cia or whatever and then Mm -hmm. there's george went well, George Went is a very he's a very special character in the movie. I he's ha- like the Obi Wan, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, I have to tell this story because we're talking about George Went. Um, he actually did a play at the regional theater that I worked at, and I've met him before, and he's pretty nice. But um, yeah, that was a. That was a surprise to me that we were going to have George Wendt. That's awesome. Yeah, it was because we were putting on, we were workshopping a musical called Hello My Baby, and it was like ragtime music, like, and it was written by a writer from Cheers. So I think that she, Mm. I think that she had an in and like asked him and he was like, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was cool to see him in this movie too. They could have got Coach. I actually convinced my dad to go to the play because George Went was in it. I was like, hey, dad, remember Cheers? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I, 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 he's not the Obi-Wan of this movie. I apologize. I was thinking of a different character. <laughs> You're thinking of Max von Sydow. Right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not the guy from Cheers. No, no, he definitely comes off. Uh, when you first see him, he comes off as like, is this guy gonna hurt Dennis Quaid's character? Yeah, well, yeah, with, with like the music. All well, they, the they got, but they have the the, the the hit. They hit those chords on that synth oh, too. You guys you know? like that music, right? Oh yeah. At some, uh, they, let me tell you, I, it's discordant kind of. I guess it's kind of supposed to be dreamlike ish stuff, and I don't, I don't know why it works, but it works. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I'm about it. I'm about it. This movie was not what I was expecting it to be. I don't know what I thought, but I was expecting it to be cheesier with its effect of dreams and like maybe cheesier with the actors. But there are some cheesy moments, in my opinion, even though they're good and they're interesting. What are you talking about, Sarah? Oh, boy. Do you, how do you want to do this? I mean, uh, let's. Okay, we can go through. Are, are we just going to do some like. So, okay, cool, cool. Uh, so let's, okay, so as we said, Dennis Quaid is a psychic who gets recruited into this new program that Max von Sydow is running. Uh, that's also co run by Christopher Plummer, who is the head of the CIA or something like that. He's got. Either way, uh, Christopher Plummer has direct 
contact with the president and is kind of like an advisor. So at first it seems like what they want to do is like be able to help people with their dreams. So Dennis Quaid, uh, the first time he gets into somebody's dream, this guy's like on a construction uh, at the at the top of a building where construction is happening. They almost both fall off the building, but they help each other. So it's like, oh, my gosh. And then there's a kid on campus who keeps having these nightmares, which he, for some reason he doesn't actually ex- explain that there's a huge evil snake man. He just says, there's some man in there. <laughs> like, no, not not just some man. There was a huge <laughs> evil snake man. Lizard that... snake creature. Yeah. Snake man. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm about it. And Dennis Quaid, being a good person, is like, I want to help this kid. And so he does. You're out of your mind, Alex. There's no way. We already lost one agent. You're out of your mind, Alex. No, that's more of a Patrick. Yeah. Spirit. I don't mind. know. Yeah. I just did the gruff voice for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Turn in your badge. And yeah, turn in your badge. Your dream. Your dream badge. Your dream knife. Your dream. <laughs> Get that out of you. Uh, besides Alex, uh, Dennis Quaid, there is uh, David Patrick Kelly. I think that's the actor's name. Who also from Twin Peaks. Who is another psychic, but he seems like an ass right from mm. the beginning. Oh yeah, and he's talking about how like I'm the best person here, and you're not gonna overshadow me. And it turns out he's he's a little bit crazy. And Christopher Plummer is trying to train him to kill people in their dreams. Dream assassin. Because he wants to kill the president. Oh my god. Is that going to get this podcast flagged that I said that? It's the plot of the movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, as long as you keep expressing that in uh, any of the upload paragraph areas, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta put it through a machine. Yeah. It's a it's a conspiracy to commit a dream dream murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come off look like they were just going <laughs> to have like a heart attack or something like that. But in reality, they were murdered in their dream. You know, Christopher Plummer's character seems like he's he's acting like this whole thing is like a real like Watergate type thing. Oh, yeah. It's like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a you can't handle the truth type thing. It totally is. <laughs> like, oh, he's not gonna. Yeah, not I gonna make the big decisions for the country, and the president wants to disarm the United States, get rid of the nuclear no, weapons. He, he wants to demasculate us. Well, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah, by removing our large warheads from all the <laughs> president's gonna go to Geneva. You know? <laughs> Oh, boy. He's going to tell them stuff. What is America if it's not male? Yeah. (laughs) There's a reason why we've got nuclear phalluses. Oh, gosh. Maybe I shouldn't have brought that up. No, it's all right. Absolutely all right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so it becomes an adventure when everybody gets in on this conspiracy. That's right. There's a lot of cool dream. Obviously, you're doing a movie about dreams, so there's all kinds of cool dream imagery. There's a little bit too much um, hanging out and explaining things, in my opinion, in this movie. I see what you're saying. They're spoon feeding a little, a little bit too much to it. Like instead of tell us, show us. Is that what you're? Is that is that what you're kind of going with? Yeah, yeah. Like they could have cut out the whole George Went part. Like, I'm glad he was in the movie. I like George Went just fine. But, you know, he he basically spells it out like, well, what if people could get murdered in their dreams? And then later we see that happen anyways. So. Yeah. But, I mean, we do get to see him gloriously die. <laughs> just <laughs> just killed by some goons. That's good. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty amazing scene. His death scene. An Holy assassination. Crap. It definitely was one of those like like things were too joyous and to the point where you're kind of like paranoid something's going to happen. Then you start seeing people show up in the crowd around them, and it's just it, it, there's no. It, it's like it's it it almost parallels like a lot of the dream sort of scenes in this movie where things just go out of control to the point where you can't control it anymore, and boom, you know, what silencer pistol to the chest. And then two men drag him away. Yeah, Dennis Quaid dragged away while he's yelling, and they're in the middle of cra- yeah, totally. That's that's definitely a nightmare I would have. Yeah, I'm just saying it parallels very well to some of the dream sequences that already shown before yeah. that in the movie. And just like Inception, which came up a couple of times where we're watching it, 
they have a part at the very end where it's like, wait a minute, are they still in the dream? Oh, yeah, with the ending of this movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good little moment there. But as Killjoy Michael Caine would say, that uh, obviously it's not a dream because Michael Caine was never in the dream before. Oh, you're right. Except for that's not the way dreams work, Michael Caine. Hmm. Sorry. There were some funny things that they did with the dreams in this movie, like the guy whose wife he thought was oh, having an affair. Man. Yeah, that was good. And, like, he was, like, in front of the kids. <laughs> like, like it's, like, adding insult to injury or, like, more humiliation than, like, the normal <laughs> thing. And I've totally had stuff like that happen in dreams oh, yeah. where it's, like, so over the top. Like, why? And, like, him having to ride the trolley, like, through mm-hmm. the wasteland of, yeah, after the bomb goes off. If uh, if I could take a moment and share a personal dream that happened to me earlier this week. Uh, you, or, or Sarah, Joel, and Campo, we're all, and me, we're all in this house. And for whatever reason, uh, there's just, like, this living room with this, like, yeah, it gets a little weird. There's this, like, living room with, like, this weird shower in there, and for whatever reason, I just decided to take a shower in front of everyone. Nice. <laughs> it was real weird, guys. And then, like, halfway through the shower, all these ants started crawling all over my oh, body. Oh, no. Yeah. All right, Aaron, show us those Dennis Quaid-like buns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's crazy. I have, I have no, I just woke up, and I was so perplexed, and there was a cat on top of me <laughs> when I woke up. So... <laughs> it's weird the most random stuff will come into your head i've had some dreams that when i woke up i was like i did not want to dream that yeah like bad things like really bad weird oh yeah stuff i've been there too and then i've had some really good dreams too and i have to say do you guys think this is possible do you think it's possible to meet on the astro plane heck yeah let's do it i mean can you really like I th- I think maybe it's possible. You talk about like linking connections to somebody in else dream. over dreams. Yeah. I personally do not, but uh, I'm not gonna you know, tell somebody that they're wrong if they believe that. We could trade Pokemon in our dreams, Joel. Yeah, and then like remove the cable part way so that we both have a copy of it. Yeah, dude, I'm about it. I figured it out. I'm about I'm about the astral plane though. That's cool. Give me that ditto. I've had some very strange experiences with dreams. I've had dreams that seemed like a psychic premonition. I've had dreams that I actually shared with another person. That's awesome. Which was incredible. Um, and then I've had dreams. I mean, I, I, the most, the one I can think about most is that I had a dream once and I called the person the next day. And I told them that I had a weird dream that I was cutting their hair. And they had the same dream on the same night. And you cut their dream hair? Yeah. And it's really weird, but like sometimes I used to do this thing where I would talk to people on the phone all the time. Mm -hmm. It was okay, this is a non sequitur, but I would do I would like set it up so that I could make a phone call after my parents went to bed because like I was, I had insomnia as a teenager, yeah. so I would talk to my friends until I fell asleep. Yeah, and I'd be talking to them, and like I would fall asleep or they would fall asleep, and we would continue like talking like while we were oh, asleep. Oh dang! And I feel like there's this weird connection that can happen to people like that are like maybe open to like a possible connection that's bigger or something. I don't know. It sounds new agey and weird, but I've had some weird things happen with it. I I can't deny that. There's enough experiences out there. Uh, you know, and and just hearing a few thank thank you Sarah for sharing some of your experiences yeah, yeah. too. Uh um yeah. No, I can't deny it. I used to be able to kind of control my dreams too, which was really crazy. Lucid when, when I was a kid, I had much more control on my dreams. It was, yeah. I mean, there were still moments where, you know, things didn't go the way I wanted them to, obviously, or strange moments would happen. But I, I always at least had this ability that I, that I knew if things were going pretty bad that I could just wake myself up, you know, That's some type cool. of like ex- escape mechanism. Yeah, this, this one time 
I had a dream that I was eating a giant marshmallow, and when I woke up, my giant marshmallow was gone. You're saying you just ate your pillow, didn't you? Don't be weird. <laughs> so, uh, what you guys think of the uh, special effects in this movie? They they seem to run the gamut. To like, we had uh, people in costumes. We had yeah. some, some pretty horror like like makeup effects done. Like especially that that scene at the end. Like it had a special credit in the credits. The elevator scene. Oh yeah. Like pretty special, and then there's some real awesome practical effects in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's also some really awesome, like entering the dreamscape effects that happened. Uh, you mean Doctor Who's tunnel? Yeah, yeah, that's some cool stuff. Yeah. yeah, that was interesting. I don't know how exactly they did it, but I can think of a few different ways, and it's pretty awesome that they. I mean, it's. Not something you usually see in a movie is like an idea expressed through like going through a tunnel or something. Yeah, they made that. That's I mean, that's like a choice that they made to because it could have just been like, oh, all of a sudden I'm in the dream. But they mm-hmm. they put an in between part that that came back several times. I think that kid's dream was the best because of how many practical sets they had yeah. to build for. Dennis Quaid and that kid running down, like that whole staircase thing. It was yeah. awesome. Amazing. And the doors that the were door like shapes. at an angle and they were going through them. And yeah. Yeah, straight out of Beetlejuice. Yeah, it was like that. It was really good. Do you take this man? <laughs> the kid's dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he the little bastard's care. right, or whatever. <laughs> the little bastard's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets killed by the snake, snake man. man. <laughs> My dad doesn't care if I live or die. There's <laughs> <laughs> hey, kind of kind of want a ver- version of this movie that's just the dreamscapes, like you know, cut it down to a, a 20 minute short film where it's just oh, yeah. people running around and stuff like that. I'm down with that too. Not, not that the rest of the stuff isn't interesting. You know, the the movie relies a lot on Dennis Quaid being charming. But, uh, you you get every you know you get your horror dream, you get yeah. your comedy dream, you get your sexy dream. Oh yeah, that part. Mm-hmm. We knew what was going to happen on that train. As Joel mentioned, the the buns, too. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it made me think of, um, what's the Christopher Reeve movie where he goes back? Oh, Somewhere in Time? Yeah, like kind of the way they're dressed. That actually came up. Like, when I searched this movie, it was like he might also be interested in Somewhere in Time. <laughs> Something else. Super sappy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like he's really forward with her, and yeah, kind of a problem. he takes some liberties that he shouldn't. Oh, yeah. But, I don't know. I feel like, in the premise of this movie, it feels like, yeah, of course this would happen. Like, Well, oh. he's already read her mind, right? Oh, right, yeah. Not saying that doesn't make it any less creepy, but no. I'm just saying... He has read her mind. Right. Uh, she's basically told him that it's not going to happen when he continues to try yeah. to do stuff. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Like, I, didn't, I couldn't take no for an answer. But, I mean, he's kind of played off as a scumbag in the beginning, you know, when he's betting on the horses and he's got the women on his answering machine telling him oh, it's yeah. over and then telling him it's not over. And, well, he, and, and the saxophone, right? No, yeah, <laughs> I'm just joking. He's just being a, yeah, oh, only scumbags play saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his life. He's like, this is it. This is the life. He's just like got money from gambling and like goes home to his like nice bachelor pad and plays a saxophone. That's like, it's like, yeah, living the good life. Yep. Sleeping with ladies, playing saxophone, betting on horses, filling bags with toilet paper. Yeah. He figured it out. Got everything he needs. Oh, he's eating Italian food. He's talking about Linguini. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He hangs out at the local bar with the cast of Cheers. Well, at least one. But, uh, what did the shirt... Did you see what the shirt said on pub the, the something or the local like, pub? Like local, pub? local tavern or something like that. It yeah, said pub something. Village. V- village, village pub. Village pub. I thought it was said village people at first. <laughs> <laughs> it was in that like 80s typography that was oh, yeah. on all the shirts. Like the iron on letters. Yeah. I, I dug it. I wonder if it's a real place or if it was just like, we need to make this look like an actual business. Put on this shirt. <laughs> Extra. Yeah, everybody was wearing those. They looked like athletic shirts or something. Heck yeah. 
And, uh, yeah, I feel like the dream, the dream when he would go into it, the cloud effect and stuff was kind of intense. Yeah. It was cool, but, like, I think the thing that, I mean, it was cool, but it was also kind of cheesy. Like, I think it's the thing that separates this from being, like, a movie that would be critically acclaimed or yes. something. Is, like, the monster creature effect and stuff <clears throat> well i don't i don't think that part in particular like set design and creature design and stuff like that i don't i don't think that's bad at all but there I were certain either. parts of it that feel low budget compared to the rest of it like even though that the whole tunnel effect and and like going into the dream is cool looking it does feel like it's like mm, we didn't want to shell out the extra money for something else so we're, we're gonna change the color on this and reuse it a couple of times. Oh, I see what you're saying. And then, like, um, like uh, yeah, the, the big money went into, like, just the dream sequence. Like, because it's just a college campus that they're at, you know, and, like, empty hallways that he's walking down. And, and uh, of course, his wardrobe probably cost a bundle, you know, sweaters and <laughs> shirts. V-necks. Hey, those, yeah, those V-neck sweaters, man. Pants that hug. <laughs> Each cheek. Oh, those had to be specially tailored. <laughs> Yeah, that V-neck sweater was, and that outfit, that whole outfit was pretty dope. Mm, dreamy. The V-neck without the undershirt and the tight jeans or whatever. Oh it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, that was like a time capsule outfit. Yeah, those shorty shorts when he was running. Oh yeah, the underwear. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, underwear. let's not forget <laughs> the smallest black briefs you ever saw in your uh, life. As as you pointed out during the movie, Stone Cold has a beat. Man, uh, gotta say though, definitely the best uh, uh, pajamas to wake up to when there's a G man in your room. You know, I thought he was gonna be naked for a second. Yeah, I thought that they were gonna go that route too. It's like, oh boy, uh, people <laughs> keep getting drop the drop on him on this movie, on huh? He's not yeah. a he's not a very aware psychic. No. <laughs> He's too busy living the life. Yeah, it's probably better that way. I mean, you would like imagine like being paranoid all the time and trying to read all the time. You probably would be like dead tired. That's that's kind of one of the things that I find interesting about this movie too. Is it's not very clear as to what exactly his powers are or like what how potent they are. I mean, obviously they're strong enough for him to be able to control and manipulate Dream. Yeah, but like outside of that, they really don't discuss it all that much. Some sort of astral projection type thing where he can actually place himself. It's the, he's not even just reading somebody's mind at that right. point. He's literally putting himself into their heads. So, Got it. But he can definitely also read minds. He does a little bit of telekinesis. Right, because uh, he can manip- manipulate the ladies and the horses. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's got an adamantium skeleton. Oh, got it. <laughs> Optic blast? Uh, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, um, a lot of people think it's a laser. It's not a laser. No, it's, it's not a, a laser. It's a concussive force. That's right. That's why he can't just cut through things. That's why things blow up, you know, when he, when they get, and, uh, his brother Havoc actually is not hurt by that. Well, of course, because they're brothers. Right. Who is the third Summer's brother? Anyways. <laughs> um, so, did you like it? I I like parts of the movie. As a whole, I think it's kind of boring. Like, which is funny, because like we're talking about the cool action scenes and stuff like that. But, like, I just... I don't care about Christopher Plummer and his plan. And I really don't care about Max von Sydow, like... What whatever's going on with I him? I mean, was he overacting or something? I don't know what was wrong, but that there was something about the way he was in the movie versus the way Dennis Quaid was. Who? Which one? Christopher Plummer. Yeah, maybe he was like just trying to be evil while also I I don't even know because he was definitely like the the second you see him, you're like, oh, he's evil, and it's not like he's. He's laughing maniacally. He's just like, oh, I'll take care of it. Maybe he's so <laughs> serious, and it's like Dennis Quaid isn't serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just feels... It didn't feel like he was a bad actor in it. It felt like maybe 
they weren't at the same, like, wavelength about where they were going to turn it up to or something. I mean, maybe he just, like, wasn't into the part. Maybe. You know, maybe this is like, uh, I just took a paycheck, so yeah, he didn't realize how many paychecks he was going to have to take in the future. Yeah. Was, was he the one that was in um, Parts Per Billion, or was that another actor that I mix up with him? And the actor in question? The other actor that I mix up with him? No, 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 the actor... Christopher Plummer. Oh. Gosh, you know, Joel, I've rejected most of that movie from my mind. All that's left is the emotion of, of like, why am I watching this? <laughs> Whatever emotion that is. Uh, no, it was Frank Langella, sorry. It was Skeletor. Yeah. No, he's a cool dude. I'm down with him. No, I'm, no. I'm down with Skeletor. I, I apologize, Christopher Plummer, you're just fine. I think I confuse Christopher Plummer with Peter O'Toole sometimes, even though they look nothing alike. Yeah, Peter O'Toole's much older, isn't he? I think so, I don't know. Yeah. No, I always get Christopher Palmer and Frank Langella mixed up for just in my brain for some reason. And it's not it's not a good thing. Let's see. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked the movie. I thought that it oh, was yeah. um, pretty good. But I also think there are people that I know that wouldn't like it, and it's probably because of, like, the creature effects and stuff. Mm-hmm. They'd probably otherwise think it was, like, pretty good. Hmm. What do you think? I think it was a pretty fun movie. Um, well, you said you'd already fallen asleep to it before. Yeah, this is true, Joel. This is true information that I've divulged. But that's normally because if uh, if I'm not, like, sitting up and it's, like, you know, before midnight or whatever... I usually just clock out. <laughs> I'm very easily susceptible to falling asleep while watching movies. Uh, and you always have a dream where you're taking a shower in front of people? Well, uh, until the ants start crawling all over my body. I see. <laughs> it's very unshamed. I don't know. You know, I was unpacking that dream a little bit. I just, you know, I feel comfortable with you guys. I think uh, that's yeah. kind of what I... I don't know what the ant part meant, but, you know. There was no, like, humiliation. No. Yeah, because there's the naked dream where you're humiliated, yeah. and then there's the one where you're just like, I don't care. I don't need a dream to be humiliated while I'm <laughs> naked. I'm humiliated while I'm naked in real life. <laughs> um, there's a reason I shower with shorts on. Oh, never nude. Um, we don't like that term. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Are, are you speaking as like a symbiote? Like you, you and Venom? We or... <laughs> We, like a turd in the me wind. Me in the shorts. <laughs> like, a, <laughs> like, yeah, are you speaking? Yeah. You have a symbiotic relationship with the shorts? <laughs> I mean, if you don't take off shorts for a certain amount of time, they do seem to come alive. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. No. <laughs> oh, um, man. Yes, Joel, I liked this movie. It's fun. There are definitely a couple moments. Like, I, I totally agree with your opinion earlier when you said there is some, like, some pacing issues. It's a bit slow at certain parts, but I feel that like the real heart of this movie is definitely in the dream sequences. Um, kind of, kind of seeing Dennis Quaid's character kind of take like this whole new route with his life, realizing that, you know, that, that, that he could use his powers for, for a greater purpose. You know, there's some pretty fun stuff like that. Um, yeah, like macking on ladies. Yeah. I mean, then there's that part, of course, which totally derails what I just said, but no, no, it's fine. But, uh, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. But, uh, any, uh, <laughs> otherwise, pretty good. Yeah. Well, there's a, a Shout Factory Blu ray with your name on it, and that's out there for, you know, if you want to spend, thank you, Shout I Factory, know, like 25 bucks on it or something like that. Yeah. yeah cool. See, see, personally, I can't see spending $25 on a copy, but, well, I mean, it might, it's probably going to go on sale on Netflix and, or, I mean, on, uh, Amazon. That's true. In a few years. But when it comes to Dennis Quaid vehicles from around this time period that have to do with science fiction movies, and I know that sounds very specific, but there, mm -hmm. there were a couple. Yeah. Enemy Mine over Dreamscape, right? Um, You'll soon see, Joel, when we watch that movie on this yeah. podcast. We'll, we'll go into greater detail on that. Yeah. I, we, I really... we being me in my shorts. <laughs> Get out of that shower. <laughs> yeah, enemy mine. It's a good one. We should 
We should do another favorite jams from a year period. We should do our best of. Yeah. Well, you know, we're coming up on our 150th episode. That could be another one of those special things. Yeah, why not? I don't know. Why not? I don't know. (laughs) Now, uh, how do you guys feel about the ending to, to just cut into this thing? Because, like... I, I I feel like there's something kind of unsavory about the way it just kind of like leaves it off with the the way Christopher Plummer goes out and uh, Dennis Quaid's just like, hey, we're going on vacation. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I realize he's an evil man, but <laughs> he was like, I'm gonna take care of this myself. When the president like offers him help, he's like, the president is so grateful that he saved his life or helped him in the dream that, like, that he's basically like, I can offer guards and stuff to help you. And he's like, no, I'll take care of it. And he basically just, like, goes into Christopher Plummer's dream and kills him. You know, if you, you, you think if you'd have, like, the wherewithal to, like, find and, like, start training a psychic assassin... You'd have like a couple of like scanner guys ready to go, <laughs> just in case someone tried to tries to dream snake man you. I mean, he only had two. two he only knew two sides. I, all right, David Patrick Kelly. Who, it's a limited commodity. Who right. dies in a in a in a pretty epic way in this movie, and then uh, yeah, um, Dennis Quaid obviously. So all right, fair enough. I feel like it's like the punishment, like. You get what you were doing to somebody else. Punishment yeah, matches the crime. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, eye for an eye, dream for a dream. Yes, dream for a dream leaves the whole world extra dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> snake man for a snake man. Mm. Where was he? Like he had to. You have to be in a certain proximity, right? Was he like lying outside? Of I, I, one could window? only assume that he was like sleeping in a van, like in the road outside. Van. <laughs> road van. Outside. I don't understand the mechanics of it. I feel like this is like the prequel idea beginning for Inception, but it's done in a way more like, I think this is kind of more um, free reign. Like Inception feels like it's in a tight like spot where they know specifically what they're doing with it. And it's very like smooth and futuristic. And in this one, it's like, we just figured out this new technology and this new psychic ability, and we're going to do whatever we want with it. Yeah. Yeah, they literally just figured it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they didn't even know that they didn't need machines as long as they got the psychic. Yeah. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) Or was he? I think think he was, Joel. That little boy grew up to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, dang. Got all his freckles removed or whatever. That's a meme. I forget. I I, I I'm sad. It's gone. What's it's that? gone away? Oh, just the the and so and so grew up to be. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a meme? It, it used to be. I think that's just be. something we did on the fire. I didn't realize that was a meme. Yeah, it was. Yeah, oh. for a very brief time. Oh. You, I think you started saying it first, and then I started saying it back, like about certain things when we were watching a movie or something. <laughs> yeah, that was the the Secret Garden episode. See that previous episode about the wheelchair bound boy that grew up to be Usain Bolt, or I don't know, he, he played on the Knicks or something like that. <laughs> Billy Madison. He grew up to be, what? He grew up to be Billy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> you can take that out. Billy Madison. <laughs> Why Billy Madison? I meant to say Billy Elliot. Oh, okay. Good. Billy Elliot. Okay. <laughs> oh no, we're not taking that out. That's, no, that's gold. That's not fair. That's gold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Billy Madison too. <laughs> He did. He did walk around on his legs a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, anything else you guys want to say about Dreamscape? I'm good with it. It was fun. It's definitely. It's not a pass. I think this is a hang out and watch movie, and or yeah, you know, watch with others. Mm. Yeah, I think it was pretty enjoyable watch. It might be a little bit more slow moving on second viewing, like it was for you, but I think that. Yeah, it's a pretty entertaining movie. I'm surprised I hadn't seen it before now. 
Yeah, I th- I think the reason another reason why it felt slow is because I was anticipating you know future parts of the movie occurring, like the whole end dream, not the very last dream sequence with Christopher Plummer, but the the dream sequence with the president where they're trying to get out alive. I think that is a really cool, you know, him trying to s- survive in this post-apocalypse oh, yeah. that he's imagining every time. I think. Gets a little Snake Plissken there for a minute the or dogs two. dogs and the other Snake Man. And then he turns... Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Snake... Yes, you're right. Totally. Gets a little Snake Plissken in there, doesn't he? He watches... Yeah, he has to play basketball. Yep. Was that... That was in New York, right? Uh, he plays basketball for, for the Duke? Uh, maybe? No, I think... I, I. You know what? I'm thinking of... Uh, Are you thinking of Escape LA. from L.A.? Yeah. Doesn't he ride a surfboard in that one? What does he do for the Duke? And are you sure in New York? I feel like I don't remember uh, any basketball, dude. We need to start. We need to rewatch it. Okay, uh, I'm down. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, so say <laughs> it's a short one, but I'm gonna read the outro stuff. You guys think of a lesson you learned from Dreamscape. Hey, listener, if you have any suggestions or comments or anything like that, uh, write into please don't podcast at gmail.com or messages on Facebook, facebook.com slash PDSMIOS. If you want to hear Aaron sing a specific song, I recommend you go to our coffee site and donate $3 to us. That's at ko-fi.com slash P-D-S-M-I-O-S. Just put in the comment what song you want him to sing. For $6, Sarah will sing a song. I'll take uh, whatever cr- request uh, you, you want, listener. Uh-huh. And for $12, Joel will sing a song. That's right. It costs extra for Joel. It's premium, though. What's it's the what, premium What's experience? the song about dreams I can sing about right now? Oh, well, earlier he was... Aaron was singing the... Uh, uh, doggy version what was it it was like uh dream, dream doggy, doggy. so i don't have to dream alone oh dream doggy <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't hearing that. oh you were singing that during the movie dream doggy dream, dream doggy bark at me <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe some sandman song i don't I know like that song mr right? sandman Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. All I've got to do is dream. Yeah, that's the one I listened to. There it is. Dream. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> anyway. That was good, Joel. Coffee. That's good. Ko-fi. Send, send us some money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm about it. Okay. <laughs> here's some more podcasts just like ours. Check out uh, the other podcast at eartrumpetaudio.com. Lots of good stuff there. Uh, that, that's about it. I don't want to go crazy on here. What What do you guys got lesson wise? All right, I got one. Dream a little dream. So, uh, so you got to make an important phone call. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna uh, listen, listener. Was oh, this the part where I was in the bathroom? Maybe, but like, you got to make a real important phone call, anonymous. Like, don't don't go for the telephone booth that's in the middle of the parking lot. <laughs> It's very easily accept- accessible for vehicles to drive through. I forgot about that. <laughs> go for the go for the telephone booth. It's safely, securely between like two telephone poles, at least, or like a building, a building. like in a mall or something. Yeah, you know that telephone booth was history. Uh uh-uh. uh. It was uh yeah. In fragments. Yeah. <laughs> if that hadn't happened in the movie, somebody would have eventually run into that. That's what I'm saying. It's like between two different parking spots. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> I think it was before they had those, like, concrete-filled poles in parking lots. Oh, yeah. Separators and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff like that. Long before that time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... A lesson I learned from this movie is um, if you find someone attractive, you should just read their minds to see what they think. Yeah. Just, I mean, that's a quick way to deal with it. Just read their mind. I've been trying to do that since the third grade. (laughs) Shortcut. (laughs) Hey, I just read your mind, Joel. I know what's going on. Don't tell Sarah. 
Nice buns. <laughs> I just keep thinking about Dennis, Dennis Quaid it's in those buns. pants. Mm. No. Mm. <laughs> also, um, don't just drop into someone's dream uh, without asking them yeah. permission and do something that they said they didn't want to do expressly when they were awake. I mean, I feel like don't drop into somebody's dream, whether they have is like you're you're even as like an observer. I think that's just an inappropriate action. It's a violation of somebody's privacy, right? I don't know. Yeah, I I would feel I mean, creeped out if there was like somebody across town doing a seance yeah. and trying to like get into my dream. Yeah, what if what if the like our upstairs neighbor was just like visiting your dreams nightly? That would be weird. Yeah, like even if I didn't know about it. Stay, just don't, just don't go into my head. It's okay. We can, we can take the appropriate measures. We can build like a safety room or something. Oh, I don't yeah, know. Put, put a bunch of chicken wire. Everywhere. Yeah, you have to be yeah. a certain distance away from people. That's true. Everyone, get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, upstairs, downstairs, nobody else. Fill the whole place with cement. What's your lesson? My lesson is that. If you have a repeated nightmare about, uh, say, some sort of homicidal monster creature that comes and, and kills you or kills your family or chases you every time, then step number one is you should find an axe and chop its head. And that is something I actually learned from this movie. Now, I've, I personally can only remember one dream where I ever had somebody chasing after me. And Aaron, you'll get a kick out of this. I believe I already told Sarah. Mm. Uh, just to go on a little bit longer. I was I had a dream that I was still in high school. It was me and my friend Shane. And uh, we were in Mr. Scoey's class. You were being chased by and Mr. Scoey? And Mr. Scoey started chasing me and Shane. And for some reason, Shane was moving no problem, but I was moving in slow motion. Mr. Scoey. You know know my friend Shane. He's a big guy, but for some reason, he was just like, oh, later. Like, he, like, went down the thing, and I, for some reason, I was like, I gotta climb this hill. Oh, oh, Mr. Come back here, children. Mr. 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 Biology teacher was chasing you? Yep. Wow. Wasn't even a snake man. It was just, you know. I've had tons of dreams I was being chased. By Mr. Scoey? No. (laughs) Okay. Not by him specifically. Mr. Plumel. Oh, Mr. Fulmel. He was awesome. Yeah, he's cool. All right. He's like my mentor yeah, in high school. He's cool. <laughs> Mr. Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't go in my dreams. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.